Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. Morning, everybody. Gather up. Uh, good morning. Hey, I got a, a couple of announcements for us. So um, thank you all for being here at this 9 o'clock. I know it, the switching from 8.30 to 9 has been kind of fun. Um, gives you a little, little extra sleep, so... It's good, but thank you for coming around, and I'd like to encourage you to stick around for a connecting point um, afterwards, and then after that is Alpha, and it's a really cool video series in a British accent, so it's always, always good, um, but I encourage you to stick around for that, and uh, it's been good. Um, if you are not currently, maybe I know why, now I know why you don't like this. This, <laughs> this is, if you're not currently receiving the weekly email, please fill out a next steps card so you can get detailed information on all that's happening in our studies. Okay, so in front of you, right, you know, right in front of you, there's a little card. If you want more information about us, fill it out, and uh, Mady will do what she does. So, um, fall festivus is coming. A festival is coming up. Um, yeah, uh, it is fun. Guess what, guys? We need we need candy in this house. So. Um, they, it is a, a kind of an alternative for the kids to have fun. There's a cakewalk. This place gets decorated. It's a lot of fun, but the, the kids operate on candy. So um, bring candy, bring it, volunteer, and uh, give it to, I don't know where you give it, give it to Chris Anderson. Any counter or anywhere. <laughs> um, and, 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 and don't bring Starburst. Um, bring, bring, like, bring the good stuff, okay? <laughs> bring like Twix and Snickers and king size things. You know what? A, you know what a seven-year-old would do if a, he saw a king size. So anyway, that's coming up um, Monday, October thirty-first at four four p.m. Also, uh, men's engage bike trip. Want to add anything to that? Nope. Sign up. Sign up. Uh, Men's Engage bike trip is coming up uh, November third through six in Fruta. Hundred bucks for for you and uh, ask Andy Poole back there what's going on. So um, I think that's it for the announcements. Um, hope everybody's doing well today. Um, let's pray. Actually, let's start with that. Father God, we ask for your um, blessing on this time. Lord, speak. Speak to us today, uh, me included, and Lord, um, as a, give me words to say, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Uh, first, I'm going to start something. Um, oh, hey, I got the clicker. Look at that. There we go. Um, that's the title. Um, grace and peace to you in abundance. It's something that we uh, say in Forge all the time. Um, it's, it's a greeting. It's the greeting of the early church. Grace and peace be to you in abundance. So let's start with that. Um, my name is John Columbus, and I'm uh, filling in this week and because, uh, like, everybody's traveling. So um, Steve and Derek are traveling and the other usual suspects. Um, last two weeks, Derek's talked about um, the idea. He gave the an analogy of a theater understudy, and I really love that. My daughter was huge into theater, Katya, and Lee remembers this, but in eighth grade, she was in A Midsummer's Night Dream, Shakespeare, lots of crazy verbiage, lots of, you know, hard, hard language. And she, the, the main person, quit or something happened. So she, the, the director came up to her and said, the role of Puck, it's two weeks before, the role of Puck is yours are you going to be able to handle it? Maybe I should do it. The, the adult was like, maybe I should do it. And Katya's like, I got this. And she was the understudy and she nailed it. And she got to, you know, Lee was the, the fawn and it was, she got to nail it. So um, when Steve asked me to do this, um, he said, you, you, you know, as an understudy, do you want to try this? And I was like, Anybody else? So, um, uh, but everybody's gone. So it's it's a uh, fall break. There's tons of stuff going on. So, so I'm the understudy to the understudy of the understudy and the understudy. So, um, actually, I, I teach Forge. Um, Forge is a men's Bible study uh, at 6:30 a.m. on Wednesdays, and I'm going to do a shameless plug. Men, we would love to see you here. 
um, 6.30 a.m. It is a lot of fun, and we, uh, we do it a little differently, so maybe I'm going to do, I'm gonna, it's small enough today to do it like this, but we, ask, we just basically go through a book of the Bible and ask questions, and it's a very simple way of reading it, but the depth is so great because all we do is like read a passage. We're in First Peter right now. We've gotten through uh, the first six verses um, in the first three weeks um, because it is so, so rich. So we just sit and ask questions. So I'm going to ask you questions today, uh, and I hope, hope you respond. Um, um, and what was, what was great is from January to the of, uh, from January through May of this year, we did First John. So actually, when Steve asked me, I'm like, I'd love to, because I love this book. I love this book. And um, so the first question I'm going to ask you, since this series started, how many of you have read First John? All the way through. Okay, good. I, I'm giving you homework. I'm, I know I'm the guest guy, but I'm giving you homework. Find a place, sit down, and read all of First John. Just quiet, 30 minutes, 30, 40, maybe 50 minutes. Read it all the way through. And you're going to see some things. You know, and what I like about John's writing, because we did the Gospel of John two years ago in Forge, and what I like about his writing is it is, it's, a, it's a circle. It's this circular writing. He is not linear like Luke or like Matthew, he, he, he revolves and spirals around subjects and themes. And he's not logical like Paul. It's, it's, it's beautiful language, and it's very allegorical. It's very, it, and it's thematic. And so some of you, when you read the Gospel of John, you're like, well, why did he put the clearing of the temple in chapter 3 when everybody else put it way back? Because it's, he's weaving this story, he's telling this story, and that's where it fit in his circle. He keeps circling and circling and spiraling and spiraling, and it gets deeper, 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 deeper. So I want to encourage you to read it that way. And any of those who have read it, what are the themes of First John? Anybody know what the themes are? What? Love? Love. Love is a big theme of First John, okay? Any, any other themes? Any other things that you notice in there? What, who? Trust? Trust? It circles around, okay? Trust in, the, trust in God. Oh, my goodness. Anything else? There's this theme. We, we talked about it. In, in the, well, Steve talked about it. It's funny, several weeks ago. Um, but light and dark. There's this theme about walking in the light and how Jesus is, God is the light. Um, there's this theme. What, any, any, any other thoughts? All right, there, there's this, that that's kind of goes to the trust, but it's also this believe in me, and I'm, all these things that you're worried about, is gonna, they're going to get taken care of, and that's cool. There's a faith theme, uh, there's dark and light, truth and lives, love, lies, love and hate, and there's this theme woven throughout all of this, and it's a theme in John as well, is fellowship with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and fellowship with each other. That's one of his big themes, and it's, and it's all wrapped up in the theme of love. So, it, it's very, it, so when you read this, think about those themes. Um, think about um, the, the other thing that he does. It's very dense. So after you read it all the way through, then you can read a verse or two verses and say, okay, how does this work into those, that context? And, and I love um, how John writes, his words are very powerful and they're not wasted. There's not wasted words. They're very powerful. And like John 1.1 1, 1 is, in the beginning was the word. Those six words are, have more in them than, than I could explain in a hundred. Okay, those six words. And they're powerful. And it, it, it's funny, it, it's like, John writes that, and it's in this overall theme, but it's also each word has meaning. So hopefully um, you'll get this. Um, the other thing I love about 1 John, um, at the very heart of this, John writes 
from a position of one who knows God's love. That is, I would say, his, he's called the beloved disciple. So he knows God's love. He, he has experienced it. He has seen it. He's tasted. He's reclined. During the Last Supper, he reclined on Jesus. He knows this love. Um, it's, uh, it, it, if you are starting with someone who doesn't know God's love, read with them the Gospel of John. Because I think it's the most perfect book to explain that God loves us. Jesus is God's son. And through him, is, he is the way, the truth, and the life. And, it, it, and it, then he leaves us the Holy Spirit to now go, now go out and love the world the same way as Jesus did. So that's, that's the theme. The other thing I love is this book's written in John's old age. He's the only disciple to make it. Um, <laughs> lack of a better word. Um, he's the only disciple to, to reach old age. And he's writing this disciple, and he uses language like dear children and dear friends. He's, he, it's like a pastor's heart for his churches. And my question is, are we using the same language? Do I use the same language to you guys in here, and do you use it back? Do we do we say grace and peace to you, or we do we say what's up? You know, do, what, what what's our language to each other? And we should be so intimately in love with each other that we're using the words dear friends, dear children, beloved. That's how we're supposed to greet each other. So. And talk to each other. So, homework is to go read First John this, this week, okay? Before Steve comes back. And then you'll floor him away. You'll be peppering him with questions and stuff, okay? The other thing I want to say about First John, I want to give you a warning, because this book is going to wreck you, okay? It wrecked me, at least. After studying, after a while, I was like, I want to cross some of this stuff out, it's a powerful, dangerous book if you take it seriously. So the language is very black and white. Half of this book, I feel like Robin Williams, you know, in Dead's Poet Society. Just take that page, you don't want to read it. Take that verse right after this good verse about love, he hammers something else, scratch it out, right? That's how you feel. It's dangerous, but you got to take it all in. You got to take it all in. And what I came away after studying it for five months is I, I don't love like this. That's the, that's the power of it. You look at it and go, I'm not, I'm not loving like this. And fortunately, Jesus provides a way. But think about that. I want you to think today, how, are, how am I loving one another. That's, that's the message of this book. So, so I dare you, uh, uh, this, the, the thing that came to me um, is that I have a very sarcastic default. I don't know if you guys do, um, but my default is not to love one another, it's to be sarcastic or to crack a joke and lighten things up. So, um, it's the first impulse is not love. And it, it's funny, it, part of it, I'll blame my parents. My mom is from Swedish and Norwegian descent. They both, her parents both immigrated. My dad came from Hungary and he's got Hungarian and German descent. So that's like four out of the top five non-emotional people, people groups in the nation, right? So I can blame it on that, but it's in my blood. So I have to learn. I have to learn how to love in a good way. So anyway, so three weeks ago, Steve spoke um, 1 John 2, 3, 4, 6, and I'm just going to pick up where he left off and do 7 and 8. Um, and the idea he spoke about was obedience equals love, and the only way you can obey him is by ab- abiding in him, so, which echoes John 15. So it, and this abiding is shown in our walk with him. So in um, verse 6, John has these mic drop verses. Verse 6 is... Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That's a boom. That's one of those verses I wouldn't mind just watering down a bit. But we can't. We can't avoid it. So whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Last two weeks, 
Derek gave his message about being an understudy, and that's equipping us through discipline so that we have the tools and are prepared to step into the role Jesus has for us. It's a similar message that Steve did, but walk as Jesus did. And I was asking myself, why? <laughs> so one good thing when you're reading this is go, why? Ask, ask why all the time. Why does the God of the universe want me or expect me to walk like he did on this world? Think about that a little bit. And if, if one of the themes is love in this book and the theme of the entire book, why does God want us to love? What? Why? Pardon? Amen. But do you think about that? Do you dwell on that? So here we go. We're going to um, do, it's called a new old command. And here it is. Dear friends, I am, everywhere. by the way, there's a Bible. I forgot to say this. There's a Bible underneath you in the, in the, in the, in the basket. What, what do you call that thing? Anyway, it's there. Um, grab it. Turn to 1 John. Uh, I've missed the two. First Don 2, 7 and 8, I apologize. I bet you every slide is wrong. <laughs> so, all right. So here we go. First John 2, 7 and 8. Dear friends, I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard, yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. What? What is that? That's an interesting verse, isn't it? New, old, there's themes of, of light and dark again. So what, it, what, is, what is a new slash old command? He's playing around with that, right? Well, what's the old command? Do you guys know what the old command is? Any, any guesses? What's that? Love one another. Okay. Yeah, there it is. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, right? That's the old command. Deuteronomy, uh, well, I'll do this, Matthew. These guys, these, these um, uh, they're not just guys. These guys are asking Jesus a question. No, they're, they're like teachers of the law, and they're trying to trick him. All right, they're trying to test him. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in, all the, in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like this, like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets land on these two commandments. Jesus got that from Deuteronomy 6. Everybody should know this one. If, if you are from a Jewish background, you know this verse. This is on your doorpost. It's written on your heart. You're supposed to teach it to your kids. And then Leviticus, love your neighbor as yourself. I mean, so it's the old command. It's still good. It's still a good command. But the old command is love God and love others, right? And Jesus stressed that to these guys. And they're, they're you know, they're trying to trick them. So they're like, well, well who's my neighbor? <laughs> so, and then he gave the parable of the Good Samaritan, right? Um, but love God, love others. So, what's the new command? This is good. this is this is going to be good. And I, and I was thinking about this. I think John is playing with some words here because I think he's sitting there writing. I don't know if he had a desk or what he wrote on, or if he t- had to tell somebody what to write. But he is sitting there in his old age, and I think a little smile comes on his face as he's thinking about this because he's like. It's a new command to you, but it's an old command to me, right? Because 60 years, about 60 years earlier, it's an old memory comes up, and it's a beautiful memory, and it's this old memory of the Last Supper. And so I think he's playing with the language. He's like, this is a new, new to you, old to me. I've been thinking about this for a long, long time. So everybody turn to John, the Gospel of John 13. And um, we're just going to skim some of this stuff, but it's the Last Supper. And um, Jesus, uh, John's sitting there remembering this scene, but at the Last Supper, the Passover feast is being served, and Jesus does something unexpected. And John's like, well, 
when does when has Jesus done anything expected? <laughs> I've been walking with this guy for three years, and here he's doing something unexpected. And Jesus gets up and starts washing the feet of his disciples. And then Peter protests, and then John's like, when does Peter not protest? <laughs> when does he not get this? And and Jesus um, washes the feet, and he washes, and then he asks his disciples this question in. Um, in verse 12, do you understand what I have done for you? What a beautiful question. What a beautiful question that Jesus asks. And then he goes on and he says, um, I think I have a, sorry, I think I have a slide there. Okay, now that I, the Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done. Okay, so do you understand what I'm doing for you? I'm setting an example, okay? When you're going forward, you're supposed to wash each other's feet. This is, a, this is also allegorical or a, a word picture of, you know, constantly reminding people to come back to the cross and be washed by the blood of the Lamb, okay? Um, and then Jesus keeps going. If you flip, flip through John 13, he predicts his, his betrayal. He predicts Peter's denial. He's teaching them this last night all these deep things, and he comes to this. John 13, 34, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. So that's the new command, right? He's like, uh, I mean, it's about as clear as language as you can get. A new command I give to you, love one another. Just as I have loved you. And I don't like words like must, all right? So you must love one another. Generally, I'm like, ugh. Nuts. It's must. It's not you may, you might, you should. It's you must. Okay? And then um, keeps going. He, he keeps going. And it's um, sometimes we've broken down that love your neighbor as yourself. We've broken it. It's the golden rule, right? Do unto others as you would have them. That's a bit watered down compared to this. Okay? You must love one another just as I have loved you, okay? So he keeps talking. Chapter 14 is awesome. Um, he's, uh, he continues, he comforts his disciples because he tells them, I'm, I'm, this is my last night with you guys, okay? Um, and he comforts them. He's like, trust in God, trust also in me. He talks about the Holy Spirit. He talks about um, abiding in him like a vine in the branches. So it's uh, very... Um, very intimate night, and John is leaning on Jesus, and he teaches all this stuff. John 15, 14, verse 15, if you love me, you obey what I commanded. If anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching, verse 25. These are all echoed in First John, same, same things, right? Okay, so your other homework is to read John, Gospel of John 13, 14, 15, and 16, because they go parallel to John. All right, then he says this, in chapter 15, verse 9 through 13, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love, just as I have obeyed the Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be, com may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. It's some beautiful. So the new command, what's the new command? Love one another. Who's, who's saying it? As Christ has loved you. I, I want to add that because I could love you, but as Christ has loved you. Whoa, that's great. So, um, and what's funny, he's saying new, old, and he's playing around with that language. This goes back to the very beginning. And, you know, when Jesus says in the beginning was the, when John writes, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word is, was God. It, powerful stuff. 
in the beginning, God made the heavens and earth. His plan from the very beginning is that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're in perfect fellowship and they invite us into that fellowship. That's what that love is that he's, that he's talking about. He invites us into this fellowship. And then John writes in John, 1 John 14, 16, he, he writes this. Any, anybody take a crack at the Greek here? What that says? Yeah, no, well, the, theos, agape, estin. Do you know what that means, anybody? Agape is what? Love. Theos is God. He says this, God is love. It's the nature, it's the very nature of God. And, he, and John writes it as simply, simple as that, God is love. He writes it in Greek because I thought I'd impress you. Um, <laughs> sorry. I know, I, I had to look it up. I wanted to look it up if that's exactly what the Greek says. And yet, you know, if Robin's got these giant Strong's books that are like, you feel scholarly, but... That's what it said. Theos agape estin. Estin is God is love. Very powerful, powerful words. And it's his essence. And he's inviting us into that fellowship. And it's, um, it's profound. The very nature of God. 1 John 3, 1. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That starts right there. God is lavishing, lavishing his love on us. So it's, be, it, it's beautiful, be, again, beautiful language. So my, my throat is a little dry. Can someone give me a glass of water? So, all right, thanks, Andrew. Well, I, uh, we went down to Boulder for parents' weekend and went to the football game yesterday. It's, it was fun. See you one, first time all year. And... Um, but it's was, it was good, good to be with our, our, our son, who's a senior. It's our last parents' weekend, so um, I think I shouted too much. I booed too much. I wasn't displaying too much love for that ref. Um, sorry. But uh, thank, thank you. So how great is the love the Father has left. Thank you very much. Lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. So the reason, so it, it, it's wonderful. John is writing this. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. That's why John wrote this book. He's like, I want to invite you into this fellowship that we have. And this fellowship is with the Father and his Son and with each other. It's a... It, it's beautiful. So it's, it's this deep, remember how John was reclining on Jesus at the Last Supper? It's deep, it's intimate, and he wants us, years later, us as, as readers to join in this fellowship. Let's continue. John, that verse, John 4, 1 John 4, 16 and 17, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Whew, this is pretty good, right? First, keep going. The truth is seen in him and you. So this is continuing. So 1 John 7 and 8. Verse 8, its truth is seen in him and you because the darkness is passing and the true light is shining. What, what's that about? What is that about? Amen. That, that, that darkness in you, it's seen in you, that darkness should be passing and the light should be shining more and more. 1 John 1.5, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. So this, 
this, you, you, the, more you, the more you walk with him, the more you, you invite him into all these areas, that darkness dims and the light increases. And that's, that's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So what does it look like? Um, 1 John 3.16. So I'm, I'm ha- I, I went PowerPoint happy last night. Um, Steve gives, Steve's template had like three slides. I got like 50. Um, so this is how we know what love is. Huh, it's a good, there's a definition right there. This is what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words and tongue, but with action and truth. This is where it starts getting into the, the wrecking part <laughs> for me. Um, are we playing lip service to God's love? Do, do we as a church and as a body, hey, I love you, man, right? Or are we loving... <laughs> I don't like that. Again, that's one of those things I wouldn't mind striking through a little bit of it. Um, Do not love with words and tongue, but with action and truth. Are we doing that as a body? How are we doing there, guys? That's that's a question. There's another one. 1 John 4, 7-12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. What do you think about that verse? Who said amen? Carter, thank you. What do you think, guys? Do you you want his complete love in in you? It's hard, it's hard. The source comes from God. And not from us. And that's, that's a little bit of this. this We've got we to gotta go for that. Go for that. Say, this, is, this source comes from God. And it comes through his son. So it is because of his atoning sacrifice for our sins. Not just ours, but for the whole world. So this, so far, pretty good news, right? This, this, this book is pretty good. If we read, I don't think I sl- made a slide of it. I didn't. All right, cool. Um, first John, if you read, keep reading First John 2, verse 9, anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother is still in darkness. Uh-oh. Whoever loves his brother lives in light and there's nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in darkness and walks around in darkness. He does not even know where he's going because the darkness has blinded him. Get serious. John gets serious here. And this is where I have a trouble with this book <laughs> because do, do I love as Jesus loves or am I walking around in darkness? Do I hate? You know, hate's a strong word. Am I sarcastic too? Do I have no pity on someone who's um, needs? Boulder has a lot of homeless guys and you're walking around and what yikes, I didn't like that. You don't like seeing that. We're, we're nice up here in Aspen. You don't like seeing that, right? I, uh, you, know, you don't like seeing things around the world that need our response. So, um, 1 John 3, 14. Um, anyone who does not love remains in death. <laughs> anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Not, the, 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 again, this, the language, he's very, he uses contrasts all the time. But if you're going to love, and if you're going to claim to love like Jesus did, it, it better be complete. And that, 
That's what we need. If God lives in us and his love is made complete in us, that's what we need desperately. Um, unfortunately, one of, one of the things I struggled with that I came to the real, realization in this book was, um, at least for me, I was taught in the church that God's love is for me. It's my own personal Jesus, right? How many of you were raised? It's yours. It's for you. And that, that it's my salvation, my walk with God. It's a very myopic point of view. God didn't, didn't, didn't save me just for me to get me <laughs> and, and hoard his own love, right? God saved me and, and so that I can love my family, my brothers and sisters in Christ here in Aspen and around the world. And to love in a way that points people to Christ. It's not about me. And I don't know if you were raised that way, but it was all about that personal walk the aisle, you got your Jesus, right? It's not about that. He saves you for a purpose. This uh, John 13, uh, 34, a new command I give to you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men, and women, sorry, um, everybody. Does that exclude anybody? All men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. There was a quote Derek threw up last week. He didn't dwell on it, but it was by M. Robert Mulholland. And um, says, spiritual formation is a process of being formed into likeness of Christ for the sake of others. He didn't talk about that for the sake of others, but um, powerful quote. Um, don't miss it. We, we are not on an individual quest of love that, is, that we hoard. It's good to go. It's, we got to know God. We got to know his love, but it isn't for us. It's for one another. And that's the beauty of this. So, so what does it look like for us? So any, any thought? What does this look like for you guys? Any, any thoughts? Human beings. That's great. How's, how's this look like in your family? Parents, you've, some of us older parents are going through it and some of us have, but you know, you raise your kids in the church, you want them to sing Kumbaya, and then some things in the world take hold. And it's hard. So how do you love your new to, near-to-be adult kids? And you're adult, adulting kids. I like that word. They're adulting. How do you love them and watch them make mistakes? Do you love them through that or do you lecture them? I'm. Show grace. Show, show grace. Who said that? That's beautiful. Show grace. You're, you're, you're not going to win some of these arguments with these kids, with our kids, right? That's powerful. How do you love your spouse, guys? When you don't understand what's going on, how do you love them through all the things that, you know, decades? Some of you are newly married. Some of you have been married forever. How do you love your... Do you get, do, do you get it? Are you there yet? Some of you older couples, do you know how to... Is this perfect? <laughs> no. <laughs> how do you love? How do you love through that? How do you... What does laying down your life look like for your family? Selling your mountain bike. Selling your mountain bike. <laughs> Woo! Spending a little too much time on that thing lately? <laughs> what does it look like, guys? Right? Good question. Um, how about your siblings? Oh, I didn't, I didn't like this one. What? Siblings are harder, aren't they? Yeah, I, I love... I, I probably reread A River Runs Through It like every year or every two years, but it asks that question. How do you love a brother or someone in your family and they don't want it? 
What do you do with that? What do you do with that? How about your church family? Okay, let's get a little more personal here. How do we love each other in here? Do you see a need? Do you, that verse, that wasn't a nice verse. It was like, do you see a need for your brother and don't meet it? In the church, in the church. This isn't people in some faraway country. This is this right here. What are our needs? You know, yikes. Um, are we loving with actions and truth and not just words? Um, when, I see a situ- when you see a situation of someone in, in, in the body, my, again, I have this sarcastic heart. Like, well, you know, or is your default love when you see someone? Do you, do, do you judge them? Do we? Do you? How about our community? <laughs> um, Steve often says, you know, get it right in here and then you can get it right out there. But we, we got to do both, guys. We got to be doing both. It's a both and. Because we need to. So how does our community see us? Yeah. Jesus freaks. There, be encouraged. Later in First John, he's like, the world's going to hate you. They don't like this love because this love is truth. They don't like it. They're going to hate you. They'd rather have you sing Kumbaya and be happy with everybody and do a nebulous love. So be encouraged with that. We're in First Peter in, uh, in uh, Forge and yep, guys, you're going to suffer. <laughs> There's the theme of that book. Sorry, you're suffering. Um, and I'm about to be crucified upside down, so I know what I'm talking about. So that's, that's First Peter in a nutshell. Um, Look at, look at, you know, how, how, how does our community see us? Do they see, by this, all men will know that you're my disciples? Good question. I guess the question, the biggest question is, the love of God shining through us in words, deeds, and truth. That's a, something to, to ponder. Um, I he's not here because he, there was, um, Mark Lee, did you read the paper this week? He's taking the, the vets, the older vets, for that flight of hope to Washington, D.C. Dude volunteers for the Elks Club and t- is taking, you know, there's a, there's a deed. And, and, and I, don't, I don't know why he's doing it. He might, you know, he, I mean, but I know he loves God, so he's probably doing it because he's like, I want to show love to these old veterans, and I'm going to... F- be on that flight to Washington, D.C. and be their tour guide and do that. That's cool, all right? There's something in the community, right, that we're plugged into as a body. We should all be doing stuff like that, okay? So earlier I asked a question, why? (laughs) Why would the God of the universe ask us to love each other? So we talked about God is love, and that's the essence of who he is. It's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit living in perfect fellowship. His plan all along is to invite you and I into the fellowship so that we can invite others into the fellowship. That's the why. That's why he wants, he doesn't want us to hoard his love. It's it's not about me. It's not about my personal walk. We are not to hoard it. We are to spread that love. And love is how the gospel spreads. All men will know you're my disciples. We, if when we are walking, like First John, we're walking as Jesus did, and we're taking his command to love the world seriously, that's how the gospel spreads. It's not going to spread through you posting some political meme. Sorry, but it's, we've got three weeks left, and I'm sick of it. And I'm sick of people in the church posting this slamming talk. Be careful, guys. Be careful what you are presenting. You're presenting the gospel of Christ. Okay? Um, sorry. Uh, how do we mess this up? <laughs> some of, for some of you in, this, in the church or this church, you haven't seen Christ-like love exhibited towards you. And I'm, I'm sorry if that has occurred. For some of us, we are very concerned about being right all the time instead of loving each other. That's me. 
Um, if we, it's, it's really easy to fall into a Pharisee mindset with this, right? Where you're like, I'm going to put myself in this little pecking order of how well I'm doing against all these other people. And, you know, when, when the Pharisee was like, I'm glad I'm not like that guy. Only one of them went away justified before God. So it's really easy for us to get there. Um, and, you know, and that's, that's, you know, I mentioned that in Matthew where the guy's like, well, great, you could say love your neighbor as yourself, but who's our neighbor? And he's like, yeah, that good Samaritan. Those two words do not go together. Good Samaritan. In, in that culture, that was, yeah, this guy. So, um, does the gospel spread? What, you know, are we growing? Many of us are still growing in our understanding of what it means to walk like Jesus did, and I ask for grace in that as a, as a body. We are, we are family, we're in it together, we're, we love each other, and that's how it is. So, my dear church, <laughs> how can we love each other better? That's my question for you. Um, love is hard. Uh, I, I know there are, has to be someone here in this morning who just aren't experiencing God's love and they don't feel it or see it in their lives. Or there's some people here who are in so much pain that it's hard to accept this love. Or they're in so much bondage they can't know love. And that some of you have been burned by people or family or life that the idea of someone showing them God's love is not going to happen. And I want to lift you up today, guys. God lavishes his love on us. So much so that he sent his son so that we can come into fellowship with him. Two quick verses, I'm not going to dwell on them. Um, thankfully, we have a defense, an advocate in, in Christ Jesus who takes our sin and, and cleans us. Let's start with that fact, thankfully. Atoning sacrifice. And thankfully, John 14, 26, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I live with you and peace I give you. The how, how can we love each other? Ask the Holy Spirit to do it, guys. That's, it's a supernatural love. And it's what separates the church's love from the world's love. Okay? Is, is right here. So, teach me all things, God. <laughs> teach me all things. Teach me how to love, because that's the hardest thing I know how to do. Especially for people, I, you're, you're, we're a family. We're all together. So, we know the Father's heart. His lavish love for us in the entire world. We know the Son's command and example, love like I do and lay down your life for each other. And we know that the Spirit is working on us to enable us to love everyone. We know that God is love. So I want to give you a challenge. Um, whenever you gather together, when you're at your church or at dinner or whatever, um, ask, show me, Lord, who can I love this morning? And um, the last question, how much time do we have? All day. All day. Sweet. Um, the, the last thing I want to ask, it, I, maybe I'm a little negative today, but, um, but I challenge you guys, and I want to hear from you. Is, is there anyone here have a testimony how someone in this body, you don't have to say names, has loved you? Is there any testimony for that? In a way that you're like, this is from God. Yes, you got both hands up. Yeah. Hmm. And service was just beginning. We went upstairs and he worked on me 
Oh, wow. Amen. That's that's great. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks. Yeah. He's a, there's a, most of the stuff isn't advertised. <laughs> there's some really good quiet examples. And um, I want to challenge, challenge us guys to love deeper, deeper, deeper. Spiral that around. That John just spirals deeper, 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 deeper. And that's inexhaustible. That's the beauty of it. It's inexhaustible. Keep spiraling, spiraling around. So thanks for listening to me. Have a good What's that? One more testimony. Um, it was in our newsletter um, about the training for our uh, ministry of wanting to help like in Myanmar and things like that. And he just left the UNH recently in, in, in a large, large way. And these guys just have a heart to want to help people. Hmm. And, uh, so I, I definitely saw God's love through there. So. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right, guys. Thank you. And uh, Dan, have a ball. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.